Welcome to the podcast we call Soul Chaser, featuring stories from the book by the same name, Soul Chaser. This is Jordan Rich, and by my side is author Lauren Decker. We want to spend time with you today at soul level, awakening our spirits to the simple and beautiful idea that God is love and love is everywhere. And now, today's installment of Soul Chaser. Hello, everyone. I'm Jim Deering, bringing you another of Lauren Paul Decker's stories here on Soul Chaser, the podcast. Stories with a Purpose by Lauren Paul Decker about how God shows himself and his grace in everyday things. Lauren's books, Soul Chaser, Rufus, and I Love You Church, are available at fine bookstores everywhere. Today's Bible verse is from the Old Testament book of the Psalms, chapter 119 and verse 105. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. Our story today is called Understanding the Map. Lauren writes, The Bible can be an intimidating read. In fact, if you are a new Christian, you may have absolutely no idea where to begin reading. I've heard that many people are referred to the Gospel of John for their first crack at the pages. In response to that, I often reach for a copy of any great literary masterpiece. Start in the middle, I'll say, anywhere. But how will the reader know the storyline or the plot development if they jump in midstream? The characters will be strangers. The book will seem daunting. It's the same with the Bible. It has an order and a plot that must be recognized in order to benefit fully from its pages of truth. So to that end, we will follow a simple formula that will bring us to more revelation from Scripture, resulting in proper action. If we understand, we can better trust. If we trust, we can act accordingly. So here's the formula, begin at the beginning. Genesis is the first book in our Bible. The title means Origins. It is a book of firsts. It details creation and the flood. It tells how sin entered into the human race. It records the first birth, Cain, and the first murder, his brother, Abel. The first mention of the word love is found in Genesis 22, with the story of Abraham offering his beloved son Isaac, on the altar. Genesis gives us world history as mankind branches out to fill the earth. Yet in chapter 12, you'll notice the book takes a sharp turn with the call of a man named Abraham, from whom God will form a nation. The Bible moves from general world history to the storyline of one people, the Jews. Abraham is the patriarch of the family of God on planet Earth. Genesis 12, 1-3 records a promise made and a nation formed. The rest of the Bible becomes the story of that one nation. Even in the New Testament, we are told that believers are grafted into the tree, which is Israel. God also promises Abraham a homeland, 
His nation will live in a secure environment, the promised land. However, as Genesis comes to a close, the nation of Israel is not in the promised land. They are in Egypt. The last word of the book of Genesis is, and you can look it up, Egypt. And the next book in your Bible, naturally called Exodus, meaning to exit, tells you all about how the Jews miraculously exited Egypt to escape the slavery and oppression of Egypt at that time. A hero named Moses steps into the limelight and delivers the Jewish nation out of Pharaoh's iron hand. Exodus chronicles the escape from the Egyptian slavery and follows the Jewish nation into their wilderness wanderings. It describes the law being given in the form of Ten Commandments. While dwelling in the wilderness, Moses receives instructions to build a tent-like tabernacle to house the worship of God's people. Upon completion, Moses tries to enter the tabernacle, but the presence of the Lord is so thick and so overpowering they cannot go in. He needs a method of access, a ticket, an invitation to approach. Interestingly, the next book of the Bible's name in Hebrew means the way of approach, and it covers, among other things, the needed information to enter God's presence. A sacrifice must be made. The book begins with instruction about the sacrificial system. We call the book Leviticus. Then we find what's needed, sacrifice. After Adam and Eve committed the first act of sin on the planet, they hid themselves from the Lord. It's beautiful to see that deity came searching for the fallen couple. Upon finding them, he took the life of an animal, the first death on planet Earth was a sacrifice, and symbolically covered the shame of Adam and Eve. This is where the concept of a substitute death was introduced. This is why Cain's offering was later rejected by the Lord as he had brought forth the fruit of the ground. It was turned away. No death, no blood. His brother Abel brought a lamb and slew it. It was accepted. The pattern had been set by the Lord himself, absolving the first sin and sinners. The book of Numbers follows Leviticus, and to no surprise, Israel takes a census. Deuteronomy means the second law, and in its pages we find the Ten Commandments repeated, along with other rules and regulations. When God wants to emphasize a truth, repetition is often the way. All the while, the Jews are still wandering in the wilderness. At the end of the book, we say goodbye to Moses, who passes away before he can enter the beloved promised land. Their leader was dead, so they would need someone else to take command. Enter Joshua. Interestingly, that is the next book of Scripture, the book of Joshua. After Joshua's passing, the Jews remain leaderless for a time, and they're governed by a group of chieftains called Judges. And that's our next book in the Bible, the book of Judges. During the time of the Judges, a woman named Ruth came on the scene, and her story is chronicled for us in the book 
that bears her name. A primary reason her story is recorded in the Word of God is summed up in the last word of the book. Ruth closes with the name David, Ruth's descendant and the future king. One of the most prominent judges was a man named Samuel. He had the distinction of crowning the first two kings of Israel. The wrong king, the people's choice, was named Saul, and we are introduced to him in 1 Samuel. Then we meet God's choice for king of Israel in 2 Samuel, when we read of David and his actions as king. Following that, we have a listing or a history of the various kings who reigned on the throne of Israel. We find them, naturally, in the books of First and Second Kings. Even more of their exploits are described in First and Second Chronicles, the recording of the life and times of Israel's kings. There were good regimes and bad regimes. Most were bad. Finally, Second Chronicles closes with the children of Israel exiled in Babylon as discipline for their disobedience. There they stayed until a Jewish hero named Ezra began calling them home. Nehemiah organized the rebuilding of Jerusalem upon their return. Esther tells an amazing story of how the Jews escaped extermination while in exile. And there you have the books in order, Ezra, Nehemiah, and Esther. Job, Psalms, and Proverbs, along with Ecclesiastes, are literary works that the Jewish nation preserved while in captivity. Job, the oldest book in the Bible, reads like a movie script. Psalms serves as a Jewish hymn book written mainly by King David, while Proverbs and Ecclesiastes follow as Solomon's literary contribution. Add his love song, Song of Songs, and we reach a milestone in our Bible. From here on out, we have the prophets, who look ahead into the future and forecast the coming reign of the Messiah. From Isaiah to Malachi, major prophets and minor prophets bring us to the quiet that lies between the Testaments, old and new. He's coming, they say. Then with the four Gospels, the cry changes to, He's here, and the story of Jesus is given. His life, his miracles, his death and resurrection all written for us to read and believe. The book of Acts points back and says, that was him. While the letters, or epistles, tell us how to conduct our lives as believers in the Messiah. From Romans to 3 John, we have teaching and training for how to conduct church, family, and our personal lives. A little book called Jude and a climactic book entitled Revelation tells us he's coming back again. So there you have it in simple form. The Bible outlined. Not so difficult. Now read it. Trust it. Don't adjust it. Trust it. It has transcended the ages and it will do the same for ages to come.
This has been Soul Chaser. We hope this program has caused you to consider the vastness of God's love for you. Nothing is going to change that reality, but love can certainly change you.